What is going on? It is episode 62, Top of the Do Chain Podcast. I'd like to start off by sending special thanks out to our buddy Chris McKnight for filling in with for me uh, last week with you guys. Listen to the podcast on the way home from Austin, though. Yeah. Were you disappointed? Were you like, man? I, th- I felt like it was a good episode, man. I got a few things. Oh, no. I, did I wrote the them down. <laughs> Apparently, that's Taking tradition. a page out of my book, yeah. huh? Yeah. Yeah. Number one. Yeah. Sir, how dare you slam Gwyneth Paltrow and Shakespeare in Love Get on this podcast? Get out of here. Uh, sir. Should have seen that coming. <laughs> sir. I'll slam that movie all day. Never seen Private Ryan. Have seen Shakespeare in Love. Yeah, and you, you like haven't it, huh? seen you haven't seen Saving Private Ryan. Well, also? What am I going to go see Saving Private Ryan for? We're going to risk the lives of many to save some blue uh, blue blood punk because his mommy wants no, him to come home. No, you go see it because you're an American, maybe. Okay, <laughs> oh, one of the best films hey, ever there's, made. There's Hitler over there. No, we got to go get this sniveling little punk so Mama can have him. <laughs> well, they ad- right. they address that in the movie about how they don't understand why they're doing it well, and then they find yeah. out why they're doing it and they're like okay you've upheld yeah. that your taste in film is garbage so anyway what's shakespeare in love what's it even about josh can you tell shakespeare me shakespeare in love it's about a you training. don't know you just got a it's about gwyneth paltrow you just got a crush on that <laughs> that lanky it. blonde i watched it with a girl man yeah anyway that girl look anything like gwyneth paltrow no that no. girl was josh <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway no in all reality though seen bits and pieces of uh Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Just never got around to watching it. That's good. So, anyway. Number two, Tom Brady is the greatest of all time, hands down. And it's more Brady than Belichick. I disagree. I disagree, well, too. Okay, well, based on your theory, the Browns should be the dynasty then. Why is that? He started at the Browns, got fired from the Browns, went to the Jets, and then went to the Patriots. We all agree. So, if it's all about coaching no and he could win with just giselle no then the browns we all agree wait doesn't that, that the, browns, the point if he got passed around the nfl and couldn't get a starting position we all agree I'm that the browns are that no. anchor that can drag any ship to the bottom of the sea man it is nope. dude he lucked out he picked up the greatest quarterback of all time at numbers in the sixth round and Brady has been making him look like a genius ever since. Okay, so you think Brady could go to any other team and have the same success? I think he'd go to the Cowboys and have more success. Really? Mm-hmm. You think they have a better offensive You think line? if he got yeah. hit more than one Dude, time? Dude, you, you, you gentlemen give way too much. I'm not saying his offensive line is not good, but you're giving way too much credit to that offensive line. I think you're giving way too much credit to his spine. That man releases the ball. Quicker than anybody. If he gets quicker hit, quicker than Peyton Manning himself, dude. I'm telling you, if he gets hit, he's gonna look like that little kid Lucas from that movie. You can't hit him. You can't hit him. He gets rid of the ball way too fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go look at it, Joey Bosa. And he's not gonna be completing passes if he's having to chunk it away. Doesn't matter. He knows exactly where the ball's going before you even. Dude, he is quick. I'll give Tom Brady a ton of credit, man. In fact, I give him even more credit after this week. When that little kid asked him, what do we do about our critics, a.k.a. the haters? Did you see that video? No, what he, I, I saw the video. I didn't hear it. I didn't watch it, though. Anyways, just, Tom Brady's reply, he's like, well, what do we do with the haters? We love them back. We don't hate back. We love them back. We hope the best things in life I after like them. Brady. And I, I told Brittany, I said, man, that's the best response ever. Because if he's sincere, then he has way more character 
than we've ever given him credit oh, did, for. Did you, have you and if he's his... not sincere, he's the coldest man on the planet because he just <laughs> killed his haters. Wait, like, <laughs> I, I mean, I personally like Brady. Always yeah. have. No, I don't um, have a problem. I like him. Gronk, so I'm pulling for the Patriots <laughs> in the Super Bowl. I like Gronk on the field, off the field. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to have to hang out with that no, cat. Man, he's I'd that guy that thinks he's funny in the life of the party, but he's really just a douchebag. That's Gronkowski. Dude, I'd love to hang out with Gronk. No, dude. That, uh, what was it, lip sync battle or whatever they went on? <laughs> dude, it was the cringiest thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, man. Not funny at all. Gronk is something special, he's man. He's stupid. Anyway. He's just good at the sport. I've, he's probably You probably just have to just enjoy it, though. I mean, you know I'm what I'm just me? telling you right now, man. Tom Brady has never had a good receiving core except for one year. And that year he broke all the records, went undefeated until he melted the mouth-breathing Eli Manning in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and went, I mean, and this year he beat Mahomes twice. Yeah. I mean, so. He did or his, or his defense. Or uh, the officiating he staff. Did. He, yeah. did. He, and, he did. And then we, we talk about defense. You're giving, I'm just saying, you're giving the cat a lot of credit. I'm saying he's great. He's the greatest of all time. He's great. He's the best quarterback ever. <clears throat> if you tell me you can have any quarterback in his prime to start a team, a franchise with, it's Tom Brady, 100 times out of 100. And I'm saying that without Bill Belichick, the New England Patriots, whole organization, and the whole system, and how they've operated, I'm saying we're maybe not having that same conversation. We're talking about how great Tom Brady was and how awesome he would have been if his career would have lasted longer because he got murdered on the field. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying he don't hold up without. Yeah, he doesn't get murdered because he, he gets rid of the ball too quick. That is, that is on the him. Ball, he does dude, get rid he, of the ball He quick. knows when to hand. He reads defenses better than anyone. He's better than Manning was. No, I agree with that. I and agree with that. That's all I'm saying. He knows where the ball's going 99% of the time no. before the ball's even snapped. No, I have no problem going on record saying that Tom Brady is better than Peyton Manning. I'm I think he's saying. leaps and bounds better than Peyton Manning. I'm just saying there's no one out there who could. Dude, whoever you brought up last time, Terry Bradshaw. Yeah, Bradshaw, he he hooked a football, four Super Bowls in six years, and you're going to give him a thumbs down. You're you're a moron. Well, he he hooked a football. And, Lynn Swan and, and his, what's his name? And again, in a different in an and it was in a totally dude. different era of football, man. Yeah, and he had a dude farts on Brady and he gets the call. It doesn't matter, man. <laughs> Not dude, only does he get the call, he gets a ticket to the Super Bowl. That dude was surrounded by Hall of Famers. Yeah, that, so, dude, he literally either had to hand the ball off. Or just chunk it as far as he could, and a Hall of Fame skill player was going yeah. to get it. Troy Aikman was surrounded by not Hall of to Famers mention, too, and he got his back snapped how many times? Not to mention that he didn't have to put up a ton of points because that defense was so nasty. Terry Bradshaw rode the Pittsburgh Steeler team into the Hall of Fame. Uh, That's he, a dude right there uh, that you put him on any other team. Uh, he couldn't even beat the dude from Duck Dynasty out in college. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think you're being a little harsh on, on Mr. Bradshaw, but yeah. I would say if you put them side by side, Ben Roethlisberger is probably a better quarterback, and yeah, he's I not agree. and he's not the greatest of all time. No, so. it's Tom Brady. Did Terry Bradshaw corner women in the bathroom? <laughs> probably not. <laughs> he's probably anyway probably a lot more of a but noble like I character. Said, if it was just simply about Belichick, then the Cleveland Browns would be the dynasty. We'll find out in a few years because. Uh, he got let go from them well, because uh, he wasn't doing very well. But speaking of the Browns, uh, they are turning a corner, and they are turning a corner to a hard left back to Subfest. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But right now you are living in the prime of the Cleveland Browns organization. 
<laughs> with six wins, seven losses, and un tie. <laughs> I, had an, I had an avid listener tell me that we are not allowed to talk about teams that are not going to the Super Bowl. Their oh, season's yeah? over. He says we're not allowed to talk well, about them. Anymore. I'm just telling so you. Based we, can, we can only talk about Tom Brady, and we can only talk on about On the last uh, one. If that's the, the case, well, we never talk about the Browns. Yeah. Because <laughs> they never go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Um, let's see here. Based on your basketball, not getting up for teams or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the case in all sports. I think the only difference, cause we're all, we're all tuned to football. Yeah. Fewer games. It's all important. And the other thing about football is, is, is from a talent perspective, if you're, if you know, for, let's say Bama and Vanderbilt, just mm-hmm. two opposite ends of the spectrum as far as talent goes. If if Bama gets to the point where they're not up for a game and they're not playing well, you can literally just overpower a team to a victory in mm-hmm. football. I mean, yeah. you really just dumb down the playbook, just run basic plays, run basic defenses, and just use your size, strength, and, and overall ability to beat. Baseball and basketball, it's more of a skill sport. Yeah. You know, so and, – and shooting's contagious. One guy starts making everything, everyone starts making everything. Same with the hitting. You yeah. know, guy starts hitting everything, the whole team starts hitting. Yeah, I don't know if people understand how much uh, rhythm and flow affects basketball. It uh, is. I mean, it's, it's just a, it's, it's as much about that as it is anything. Yeah, and missing, you and, know. And all of your play calling and all of the designs and stuff you do, a lot of that is just to get rhythm and flow going. Yeah. I mean, and dude, to take the other team out of their rhythm and watch, flow. Watch, it, watch a, uh, an NBA game. I remember watching, I think, the Lakers and, and Lonzo. I mean, they were they were doing pretty well, and then he just airballs it, and then nothing else went in for the Lakers the rest yeah. of the game. You know, no. so it's rhythm and flow, man. That's how it that's goes. why that's why the uh, Warriors are so hard to beat. Um, even before they had KD, is because you would think you had them out of a rhythm, you'd have a lead on them, and then they would just keep chucking these far, wild threes. One would go in, and then the next thing you know, the next five go in for yeah. them. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it, and if they ever got their rhythm, it was over for you because they could step on the throttle, and it, they're just they're throat crushing you. Man. Yeah, and that's usually what it was. It's not like they dominated the whole game. No. It was just a, they catch those runs better than a anybody. A good five- or six-minute span where they just didn't miss at all. A run for most teams has a lot of twos, mm-hmm. so you don't get the same as a run for the Warriors that could be all threes. Clay, Steph, or any of those guys start hitting. Next thing you know, Jerry Green hits two or three on yep. you. Yeah, yep. it, it's different. It's different. And that's why I think Steve Kerr's best basketball coach. I don't think it's Greg Popovich as much. I like Pop, but I'm starting to think it might be Steve Kerr. I, I like Steve Kerr, and I've always liked Steve Kerr. And he came from that Popovich school, but the dude knows basketball. I, I, I'm not saying I'm putting my – my stamp on it, yeah, but I I feel like Steve Kerr is going to go down in the books, and not just because he's got all this talent. The dude's solid. Yeah, let's see what Steve Kerr does without the four best players in the league at their respective positions. Look what he did with the Warriors after taking the reins from Mark Jackson. They were instantly in. Dude, you got rid of Mark Jackson too early. Mark Jackson would be the Steve Kerr right now if they would have no, kept him around. I disagree. I disagree. I think Steve Kerr's solid. I, I agree. I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying that you're giving him more credit. He walked into a Ferrari, and you're saying, "Oh, he's driving so fast." I, I'm not. I'm not going to take that away. I'm not going to say that he didn't have a lot to work with. And I think Pop is better on the if you take just coaching out of it because Pop does also the management of the team and everything. But Steve Kerr. But when you talk about had, just coaching, I think Steve Kerr. Steve I think, Kerr's never had to draft the number one spot. Never, never had a team where he's had to pick the number one guy. Yeah, like and, and and Pop did, and that's and, and that's what I'm saying. Pop is 
Papa's great because he is throwing that in on top of it. But I'm just saying, just coaching. And even Popovich has commented on how good Kerr is. I and mean, he's good. I'm not saying he's not good. I'm no. like, let's just pump the brakes a little bit on best ever, all right? I mean, right. you got Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson and You've got Phil Greg Jackson's Popovich, trash. who has been steady. No, and it's hard for me to say it because the Spurs and Popovich. I just have a hard time with Kerr walking right into a dream situation for any coach True. in any era. True, I understand and, that. Oh, he's winning. Yeah, he also blew a 3-1 lead with that team Yeah, to a bonk Cleveland team. I'm just saying, when you got – I don't know. I I would like to see what he does when he doesn't have all these players, which could be in the next few years. Well, there's a reason he didn't go to the Knicks and he went to the Warriors. (laughs) Well, that's also smart. (laughs) Steve Kerr doesn't believe in Steve Kerr. (laughs) (laughs) No, you can't fix the Knicks, and the reason is because they've got problems in the the general manager area. I think Mark Jackson would be doing this just as well. Personally, I, I disagree. So give credit to Mark Jackson because he built that team outside of Kevin Durant. He no, he had, he knew the three was a big deal. So anyway, and last but not least, you dudes are hooligans, man. Right? All three of y'all. I feel like I, dude, I got the walking in. I thought I was the worst. Walking out, I felt really good about myself. I got detention one time in school ever, yeah. and it was for being late to class. And here's why I was late. I was on crutches. I had a broken leg. And a teacher was downstairs talking to a a large teacher where stairs were an issue for her, Mm -hmm. was holding the elevator door open. I'm upstairs holding the elevator door open talking to another teacher. And by the time she gets in it and gets up and gets down, I was late going to class. Mm -hmm. So I got... You had an elevator at your school? Mm -hmm. That's cool. What was that like? Well, you, you had to have a special permission to use it. There's a special key to get in, but since mm-hmm. I had a broken leg and I was on crutches, I got to use we it. We had one floor at Broken Bow High yeah. School. <laughs> so, and, our, and here's the thing, man. My graduating class was like 750 people, and we were the smallest my last year. Our mm-hmm. freshman's class had 1,000. Wow. And, it, and then it gradually got bigger as you went up from freshman Yeah, I'd be smaller. surprised we had 750 people in the whole school. But anyway, I went back to the school uh, – at the end of last year, and just took the kids by it because we were going to eat at Las Palapas, yeah. uh, the one I always ate in high school. And uh, I showed it to him, and that thing's massive. It's twice the size now. That's twice the real estate as it did when I was in school. So, anyway, you guys are hooligans, man. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, especially Chris McKnight. Yeah, but hashtag, yeah. you're still beta. Hashtag, <laughs> you're still millennial. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. I'm done, man. <laughs> Wrapping yeah. up the. The, Nothing beta about this guy. The worst three <laughs> three weeks of my life. Right. Well. But uh anyway, and we can talk about it. The only thing I I ask is that uh if I get emotional, I want you to take the camera off me. This is top of the dude chain, not job of the Judy chain. <laughs> <laughs> top of the Judy chain. <laughs> so you're, uh, you're anyway. Doing, well I don't know, man. It's it's a it's a tough trip to make. It definitely is. Yeah, I mean it's it you know to catch everyone up, but Dad was in the hospital for eight months. And uh about January eighth, I think it is the date, got a call that a heart transplant was available or heart was available for for him to go undergo a heart transplant and then just from then on, just so many complications till finally he passed uh twenty fourth last thursday yeah yeah 
So I had uh, had some complications, and like I said, it just just tough, man. Yeah. Losing the pops, and I, and I know people have done it before. Um, I just I don't think it's it's a good situation in any case. Yeah, you know. <clears throat> and the hardest part about it, in my opinion, was particularly the last three weeks is I didn't get to talk to him. Yeah, you know. And he was he was in on life support and under type sedations and all that, so that's the toughest part. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. I kind of I'll give you. I was angry. Probably I was probably more angry at the end of it than anything because I wanted him to go home. Yeah, you know what I mean. But what started all this was he had a pacemaker and a defibrillator in his chest. Yeah, it was a procedure from a long time ago. And I think he was a hotel room in Lubbock, I believe, if my memory serves me correctly. And his heart quit beating altogether, and the defibrillator had to actually shock it into into rhythm again. Actually, had to revive him. Yeah, uh, which it was designed. That's what it was there for. Okay. Um, but <clears throat> in all reality, probably that day is probably the day I should have lost my dad. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so yeah. So I ended up having this, uh, you know, I was thinking about it and I'm like, well, you know, he was in the hospital for eight months and I remember he, they, they transported him to Houston, uh, because insurance required that if he was going to have a transplant, it had to be in a place that did both heart and kidneys, I believe. Mm -hmm. And the one in Austin only does hearts. So his insurance wise. So he's in Houston. He's all worried about my mom cause she's going to have to, he's going to be there for three months anyway. Uh, that's just a bunch of dumb details. Yeah. But I went to visit him in Houston, and I'm sitting there, and he's just kind of, this is before he knew what the options were. They told him what they think the options would be, but they had to run a bunch of tests on him, and, and if something was out of whack, then options would go off the table and come back on, whatever. Yeah. And I remember talking to him, and he didn't want a bunch of tubes coming out of him, and that's the artificial heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, And he made the comment to me, as he was talking to me about it, because he wanted my opinion for some reason. But he made the comment, I don't, I don't want the tubes. I can't swim. I can't fish. Yeah. Uh, because I can't take a shower because you have these batteries and computers that are ultimately keeping you alive and, uh-huh. and all that. And he said that to me, that's not just, that's not a lifestyle I want. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, I'm seriously considering just going home. Yeah. And just when this ticker runs out, that's it. Yeah. You know, and just, just waiting for it to happen. And I remember I jumped in an Uber because I was going to California for business the next, you know, on that Sunday. And I'm in the Uber on the way to the airport. And that is when I realized that the time that I had left with my dad was finite mm-hmm. or limited. Yeah. You know, I always knew my dad would eventually die. But... It starts to sink in, you know, when you see that it's well. When you when you realize that you've spent a majority of your life, a majority of your time with your dad. You know, my my grandma and grandpa lived till they were eighty six ish, yeah. somewhere in there. I still have a grandma who's kicking at eighty nine, yeah, uh, and all that. So it's one of those things where you're kind of like, okay, eighties is kind of the you know he was sixty one, so eighties. I've got twenty twenty five more years with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm about 50% of the way through. Well, that trip 
I did come to, you know, had the, had the epiphany that, you know, this time next year he may not be around. Yeah, and, you know, the other thing that we don't ever consider is the kind of memories we can make. You know, it's like, well, you know, our parents will, you know, maybe live to be in their 80s or 90s even. But, yeah, but the kind of memories that you can make now aren't going to be the kind of memories you can make when they're in their 80s and 90s. So you kind of need to get that time with them. Yeah, you know, yeah. No, no doubt. Like I said, like the whole going fishing, going swimming, stuff like that. Whenever you ever have you ever found yourself being like, man, I'm I'm 33, my dad's 60. Oh, I'm only halfway there, and then like 10 years goes by, and you're like, holy crap, I'm almost 40. Yeah, like I remember that doing it whenever I was like 22. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I'm 22, I'm still young, just getting out of the military, and then it's like 25, I start having kids, and I'm like, oh man, I'm 25 now, like I'm almost 30, and then it's like you're 33, and you're like, oh geez, like my kids are like eight now. Yeah, like I only have 10 more years until my kids are out of the house. Like yeah. it's just time goes by so quick. It shoots. Yeah, yeah. it it uh, it's like. All these, uh, I don't know, milestones or whatever you'd call them just kind of sneak up on you. Like, you're never ready for it. Yeah. 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 Well, I say this, though. Like I said, he was in the hospital for eight months. Yeah. And and like I said, I had that epiphany in, in right at the beginning of when he went into the hospital. Yeah. Kind of changed the relationship all of a sudden. Uh, huh? Yeah. Cause, and I was telling Not in a bad way, this. but it just, it's no, something changes. I was changes. telling my wife this. We, uh, we were a very, for lack of lack of a better term, a very um, goes-without-saying type of relationship between he and I. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. I didn't, you know, didn't say I love you all the time because didn't need to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I knew, you know, I knew it, he knew it, and so it, it just wasn't something we had to say. No, I got you. Um, and that changed in eight months. Oh, yeah. More so on his part, I think, you know, in, in all reality, my my pops was probably more realistic about it than the rest of us were. Yeah. I think the rest of us probably uh, thought as soon as he got the heart, bada bing, bada boom, you know, he'd be out in two weeks. Let, yeah. Let the sternum heal, and then he'd be able to do whatever he was doing. Yeah. On medication, but nonetheless, he'd be out. Yeah. And I, I think that's what he kind of... <clears throat> he probably expected it, but he probably had a uh, better grip with, you know, there's the other side of that coin, which ended up being the, the case. And and so he he lived it in the last eight months, probably. I, I, I feel like he lived it with the expectation that he it, it could be the worst case scenario. So he was going to make sure the worst case scenario didn't sneak up on him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is good. I mean, that's a good thing. It's a, it's a blessing, obviously. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, but man, it's I feel gypped. Yeah. You know, in all reality, and I and we have friends who who've lost their dad around my age or younger, and yeah, sucks. Yeah. I mean, that's all there is to it, man. It's just a, uh, it's just one of those things. And if your parents are still here, um, man, just I don't know, man. Yeah. Well, Just let kinda... me let me say this. So, it it's something that we need to consider on both ends though. You realize that your time with your dad was finite. Well, that's also you need to understand that other people's time with you is finite as well. Yeah. And we need to consider that in our lives that we don't know how long we have, so people's time with us could be limited. So that's important how how their relationship and the things we do with them are as well as other people's time, you know, being unknown and, you know, finite. So we need to consider that in our lives. You know, we neglect each other 
quite a bit. Yeah. Um, we let uh, we let our attitudes control us rather than the wisdom of understanding the bigger picture. You know, it's what's affecting me right now bleeds into everything. And next thing you know, you know, you're so focused on these these little distractions that you've totally lost sight of, you know, the bigger picture, which is you know, family, friends, loved ones, oh, yeah. and the and the and the things you do with each other, but also how we take care of ourselves. And that's something that it looks like people are starting to get a little bit better at. But I talked to a guy one time. I was like, I don't want to live to be 90 if my quality of life sucks from 60 on. You know, I want my quality of life to be good yeah. and, and, and everything. And so, you know, it's important to me, you know, like I'm not going to, you don't want to put these things off, you know, health wise or, or anything else, you know, until you're, until you're older, you know, because your body starts breaking down way younger than you realize. You oh, know? yeah. Well, I'm, and, and I'm, I, I'm almost 40 and I feel like I'm starting to break down in a lot of ways already. Yeah. And to go back to that, you know, goes without saying type thing. Yeah. You know, because like I said, the last eight months, man, I, you know, he's a great dad, obviously. Yeah. And, and you know, it's fortunate to have him as a dad, you know, and you, you know, in his line of profession, you see the people that, that wanted access to him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a preacher. He was pretty prominent, and and there were other people who wanted access to him. And an educator, you know, yeah, and not not just someone who preached the word, but someone who taught the word. But but you know, having I had that access before everyone else. Mm-hmm. There was only one person he would ever interrupt me and and hang the phone. You know, hey, I got to go if we were on the phone talking, and that was my mom. That's yeah. the only person he would ever uh, ever do that for. You know, which is cool, um, but near the end, like I said, we started kind of saying those things to each other. Yeah. Uh, just in our private conversations or whatever. And I thought about it, and I thought from my perspective as a, as a as, you know, I was a son to a father, right? Mm-hmm. But I thought for myself, because I'm a father and I have a son, if my son were to ever say these things to me, how would I feel? You yeah. You know, and... and and like I said, that goes without saying type of, of relationship. I don't want to say I regret it. But it's but worth I saying. Think, yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Because if my son said the things that I said to my dad yeah, now at seven, eight years old, like it'd be the greatest thing ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's just kind of my, I guess, viewpoint now is, is like I said, not regret because, you know, I tried to let my actions speak more so, but at the same time. If, if you know knowing what I know now, obviously I probably would have said that stuff a little more often, yeah. a little more uh, frequently than I did. I always, you know? I always say to Josie whenever you know, no people. In case you don't know, my daughter is way too young to learn any lessons, <laughs> <laughs> but I speak little lessons into her ear, anyways. And uh, I do a couple different things with her. Uh, I want her to reach out to me and trust that I'll that I'm going to grab her whenever she's coming out of her high chair. And uh, I'm right there. You know, even if she was to, to slip, you know, I would get her. But I'm like, do you trust daddy? Do you trust daddy? And I have her, you know, like kind of reach out for me. And then I pick her up and, you know, pull her to me and all. And uh, I always tell her. And like I said, she's way too young to get these lessons. But I'm like, if you trust me and respect me, I'll know you'll love me. And that's kind of, you know, how, you know, I want to raise her. Is, oh, that, yeah. is that she has a, is that she trusts her dad and that she respects her dad. I still want her to tell me, though. That, that she loves me you yeah. know oh yeah you still want to hear it now like you said no, actions speak louder than words if she trusts me and she respects me i will know that she loves me yeah i still want to hear it though no i agree and and, and that's that that's just 
And not and you know, I'll tell you what we're guilty of in my family. We say I love you so much that it sometimes maybe we don't stop and say, No, I mean that. Yeah. Like I'm not just saying it. No, that's a good point. You know, um you, know, you hope that everybody understands that you're not just saying it because you grew up saying it. You know, like, no, I mean it. Like, I love you, Mom. I love you, yeah. Dad. And I love you, Jeremy. I love you, you know, Reagan, Jackson, Lacey, all of you. You know, you, you say it to them. You know, you want them to know that I, I'm not just saying it. You know, I mean it. But at the same time, we do say it a lot. Well, I think if you say it a lot, as long as your actions back it up. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's one of those things. I mean, I love you the same, you know, the last thing I said to him. Yeah. I mean, both times, both when he was conscious and, and could actually speak back to me uh-huh. before he went in for the transplant and then before we took him off life support, which was, that was tough too. But again, that's the thing is, is, you know, I was angry about the eight months, mm-hmm. you know, but you know, I, my, and, and, and I was there. And when they pulled the plug and, and, you know, I actually witnessed my, my, my dad passing, but at the same time, I think I would have rather, cause he wasn't in pain. Mm-hmm. I would have rather him go that way than one of us or my mom or whatever, finding him in the bathroom one morning because, right. you know, something went, yeah. went wrong. So, well, you don't always get to pick, you know what well, I mean? Well, that's what I'm saying <laughs> is, is there's, it's just. I don't know, man. There's just there was a lot of growing up in the last three weeks. I yeah, mean, I'm a grown man. Well, last eight months, you know. You never quit learning, though. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Only it's, a it's, fool quits learning. Exactly. And so there, but there was just a lot. I mean, you you think I don't know. You you think you get in your thirties and you're adult, and I'm raising my kids and all that. But but even then, I just like I said, you know, we had a conversation right before Christmas. Uh, I probably went up and hung out at his his hotel room for him with him, just he and. I, he and I for about five hours uh one night and uh and we just had this talk yeah. and, and and we had this talk and, and the preface of his talk was uh you know I understand I'm gonna get a heart one day I'm gonna go in for a transplant there's a 91 92 percent success rate mm-hmm. he goes but I very easily could fall into that eight percent yeah you know and so we we just had this talk and like i said it's just no matter i know it i know it feels corny from your end but not really like no. not, as a son you know saying to dad like you know maybe a little a little mushy or whatever no but people need to hear time, it. if my dad if my son had said it to me you know the thought that i would have on my son is not the same that i thought my dad would have on me if i had said it to him perspective yeah perspective so, that, and that's that's all I'm saying. It's just yeah, like yeah. Don't said, don't think about it from your perspective. Think about it from theirs, and you know yeah. Those things are those things are meaningful. They'd be meaningful to you. And he said, and the stuff he said to me, man. I I just I told my son, you know, I mean, I'm trying to you know just be more cognizant of of that. Yeah. You know, what would I want my dad to say to me if he were here? Then try and relay that to my kids. So, yeah. like I said, man. Probably the worst three weeks of my life. Yeah. Well, that's understandable. That's understandable. But. It's a good thing, though. In the end, did you learn anything about your dad that you didn't know after this? Like, did you, you know, like, because you're going through his stuff and you're going through everything. Like, you kind of mentioned that you're like, man, I didn't realize he had. I think my dad was in some (laughs) shady stuff. (laughs) I was going to let you tell it, but I hoped you knew where I was going. Yeah, my my. 
So <laughs> they let me let me before I get into that, let me just say that that there's a there's there's always two sides to the coin. Yeah. Right. And and in this situation, situations like this yeah. expose people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So you you and and we've said this about other situations that we've had to deal with as a family. Yeah. My wife and I and, and you know, Corey's, you know, side of the family as well yeah. and all that, you know, that, that there are tough times that we had to go through and it's exposed people, yeah. good and bad. Yeah. The sincerity of people and the love of people is is is, is put on display more so during a time like this. Yeah. But the greed and selfishness and all that of other people is put on display as well. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and that's the, another frustrating part about this. Yeah. And so what you have to do in my honest opinion is you have to, I think we're naturally inclined to focus on the bad. Yeah. So there's one point where I'm focusing on the, on the greed and the selfishness of certain people during this situation. Well, you just, you're getting aggravated and it's hard to look past the aggravation. But at the same time, but because of that, I'm missing people who were flying in from out of town at four in the morning yeah. to be there and right you people see some who were driving straight through the night because they wanted to be there to support you and all that you yeah. know what i mean and, and same thing with my dad's situation i was angry at the eight months you know that that he was in the hospital mm-hmm. but at the same time that's the eight months that he and i probably got close and you know, we were already pretty close yeah but got even closer in that eight yeah. months so but anyway so my mom pulls us in and she she kind of grabs me. She's like, "Hey, uh, your dad had a few guns, you know. She, you know, do you want them?" So we went. And I said, "I said, I, I guess." I said, "You know, if anything, mom, just just sell them." I said, "I'll help you sell them and uh, yeah, and you can have that money and all that." What were you thinking? He maybe had like a couple guns or something. Well, I knew he had one. I sold him a Glock. Yeah, uh, a long time ago. So I knew one of them he had, mm-hmm. um, but she's like, no, you know, I think he would have wanted you kids to have them and all that. So anyway, uh, she's like, just come, you know, come in the, <laughs> in the closet with me. So I'm like, all right. So I go in there, man. And she goes, okay, well there's this one. I'm like, yeah, I knew he had that one. Uh, I said, I've sold that to him. So she gives it to me. She'll here, you take it back. I said, well, can I give you any money? She goes, I don't want any money. You yeah, know, I just yeah. want you to have them. She goes, he's got this tactical shotgun up here. It holds, <laughs> so she pulls it out. It's like a 14-round tactical shotgun. Thing looks like a a prop from like Alien versus Predator. <laughs> and uh, she's like, you want this? I'm like, uh, does a one-legged duck swim in circles? Yeah, I'd like that. So she gives me that. Uh, what kind of shotgun is it? It's a uh, UTS. UTG? Is that what it is? Uh, it's UTAS is the company. UTAS? Yeah. Is, is it the one that has like two tubes at the yeah. bottom? Yeah, oh, it's 16 rounds. Yeah, yeah, those are cool. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I'm like, all right. So I have that. She goes, <laughs> what's this? And she pulls it out, and there's a revolver. <laughs> pulls out another jo- 9 millimeter. Josh is like, I'm in John Wick's closet. What's well, going that's the thing. <laughs> My mom's like, so she's, she's handing me this cache of weapons, right? And I'm like, well, what about, you know, there?" she goes, okay, uh, there's a 22 rifle that his grandpa gave him. He wanted to give that to my nephew, who's the oldest. Oh, oldest that's grandson. awesome. Yeah. So he, goes, he wanted to pass it down to him. Yeah, that's good. He goes, I don't know if your brother's into guns or if he's in a position to have a gun, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. Will you take this 
and just keep it with the understanding that when my nephew is old enough, yeah, he gets it, it to him that's Pop's from, gun. Yeah. I said, yeah. I said, I can do that. That's super she goes, cool. do you want this? And it's a hunting rifle. You want this? I'm like, dude. I said, let's ask Adam if he wants any. My brother. <laughs> yeah. like, let's ask my brother if he wants any of this. So he comes in. He's like, yeah. So we, you know, we're, you know, kind of just, I'm like, look, I just want the nine millimeter, the Glock, and that awesome shotgun. Yeah. Right <laughs> the movie prop. Y'all do what you want with the rest of yeah. it. Yeah. So we, we have, you know, and there's one gun that he wanted my mom to have that had like two safeties and all that. So we're like, okay, we'll leave that with her. Yeah. Give him up. Come in. My sister's husband goes, well, what about the AR-15 I sold him? <laughs> We're like, what? <laughs> so we go in there. So, he, you know, that that goes back to him, you know, and all that. But my mom's like, I didn't know half these things were back here. We laid them out on the bed, man. There's like 10 guns. And Dude we're was like, prepping, man. Check this out, though. He goes, well, what about the, the SIG? And they were like, what? So we're missing a gun right now. Oh, wow. I don't know where it's at. Yeah? Did you check the vehicle? Yeah, check okay. the vehicle. That was the one he carried around. Did you find a map? Anything buried anywhere? No, but I said, dude, y'all, you need to check the all the furniture. Yeah, check his office. For, <laughs> yeah, check everything for like a uh, false drawer, you know, false bottom yeah. or something like that. I said, what you're gonna find is that gun, twenty cat, twenty thousand in unmarked bills, a yeah. fake passport. <laughs> Said, you're gonna you're gonna uncover a door that goes to a room you didn't know I, existed. But I'm just sitting there looking at all these weapons, like, <laughs> what was what this dude into, man? He was like, what's he expecting to come down the pipe? You know what it was? Like all guys, he was bored and had expendable income because his oh, kids were out of the house. Yep. <laughs> and dude, and like I said, he 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 willed. He had a nice Browning that he uh, he specifically said he he put something on it, like a laser pointer. He goes, I want to be able to. To hang behind a wall and just aim it from behind the wall and shoot somebody with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm like, who's breaking into your house these days? <laughs> Who like, are you trying what, to shoot? What kind of people are you hanging out with? You know, but no, nah, anyway. he was just bored and had expendable income because his kids are out of the house finally. Yeah, so. it's cool. <laughs> uh, anyway, no, nah, that's good. That's funny, man. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Well, good news and bad news. You know, that's how it goes. There's there's parts of it that you're happy about, parts you're sad about. Yeah, and and like I said, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if it gets easier or not. Um, I I just I personally, as of right now, it's more of a uh, I'm learning to function with yeah. the pain. Well, yeah, more so. And talk talking to a friend of mine who had gone through this, uh, you know, he had just said, you know, it's just weird because it turns into just random things. You know, oh, yeah, and like, that's what does it. And he goes, and then, you know, you kind of go away for a few minutes into your thoughts. And then he says, then you kind of pull out of it, and, you know, and you, and you move along. He goes, but it never stops happening. Yeah. And you can never tell when it's going to happen because it's random things. Yeah. And, I'll tell you this. One time we drove from the town of Stephenville, Texas, which is a, uh, about hour and a half southwest of Fort Worth to Dayton, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And that's where I, that's actually where I met Norris Cole for the first time. Yeah, you I, told me that when story. When I was twelve years old. Yeah. Right. And I don't know how far that drive is, but it's 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 slower back then because uh, like fifty five everywhere yeah, back it was in the 55. day. Fifty five. Yeah. So it was a long trip, and we were down. I think we were in Dayton for a week or two, and then we had to make the drive back. Well, he only had like two Pink Floyd tape tapes <laughs> that's all he listened to the entire time 
and, like, and there's a song on it where like it's real it's real uh uh like quiet and uh-huh. all of a sudden it just sounds like all these alarm clocks and wall yeah. clocks I, I don't know what song it is but just goes off loud yeah right well he would wait till like i would doze off in the car and he would pause it and he would just, <laughs> as he as he see me kind of doing this he would just pause it <laughs> <laughs> and then he would wait till I'm kind of out, you know, whatever. Then he would yeah. play that just to wake me up. But that whole trip was nothing but Pink Floyd. Oh, yeah. And I really can't stand Pink Floyd. I'm really not <laughs> no, a <laughs> huge Pink Floyd fan. <laughs> but, but, so I didn't listen to it on my own. Yeah. You know, it was either with him in the car or with him yeah. wherever we're at. Uh, I got you. I can honestly tell you, if I didn't hear it randomly on the radio, the only time Pink Floyd was playing is is when I was in his presence. Yeah, because he would play it. And yeah, it was him. That and Zeppelin were probably his top two. So I mean, the good point. I like Zeppelin though, but I yeah. listen to Zeppelin. So the thing is, is like, you know, <laughs> if I need that kind of, I don't know, just that that stroll down memory lane for a few minutes, I can throw on some Pink Floyd. Yeah, you know, and, and so that that's a good part of it. But it, like I said, it's just one of those things where. And like he said, it's, it's it kind of come and goes when it does, and you just kind of learn to function with it, I yeah. guess. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. But a lot of tears shed Monday at the the memorial. Oh yeah. Was a there of, a lot of people there? Four hundred people. Goodness gracious. Well, over four hundred people in the in the building, and then uh, last last my mom told me there was about fifty five hundred who who viewed it online. Yeah, well, they live streamed it. Brittany had mentioned she said, "Should we go down?" And I said, "Well, I was like, I'll be honest with you, it'd be good, and we probably probably should, but at the same time, there's a good chance we wouldn't even see Josh because I think there's going to be that many people there, and uh, and all." And I was yeah, like, "Should have come. I would have looked for you." Yeah, I'll tell you the most comforting, you know, because my mom's in grief. Yeah, you know what I mean. I I think the most, to me personally, the most at that funeral, and that's just. Just, I mean, the most comforting thing to me was seeing my in-laws. Yeah. You know, afterwards. Yeah. You know, and just kind of that, you know, we came out the door. I came out the door with my daughter. They were there. And in all reality, if I had to pick the two people that I'd see first after the memorial, because we, we left, we went back into a room to kind of collect ourselves or whatever. And then we kind of came out to to be with everybody and, mm-hmm. and all that. First two people I saw were my in-laws. And that's probably what I would have chosen yeah. If if I got the pigs. You so. know, isn't that something like whenever you go to um you know, a funeral or something, especially if you're part of the family, you know, you're having to sit up front, you know. Yeah. And as people start coming by and talking to you, you can tell. Like, okay, you came because you knew and loved my dad. You came because you knew and loved my dad. It's like you came because you know and love me. Yeah. You know, that that kind it kind of yeah. speaks to you, you know, because you need that person no, there. You're right. You know, not that they don't didn't love or know your dad or whatever, but you you know the ones who came as much or more for you as anything. I'll tell you this, man. I hugged a lot of dudes. <laughs> I'm not a big hugger. Yeah. Like I hug my wife and my kids. Yeah. And my mom. Those are probably the ones who get the most regular hugs from me. Yeah. Every now and then, my mother-in-law. Yeah. But that's it. The only boy who gets a hug is my son. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, but man, there are a ton of dudes hugging me, man. <laughs> like dudes. Like I real hugs too, the most squeezing yeah, ones. Not, huh? Yeah, like two hands, like not 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 like the you know you shake your hand and then squeezing. kind of the, you know you know tell me yeah. I thought you kind of shake a hand and come in and just yeah, got the pat you know none of those like there were dudes 
hitting my hand out of the way and embracing <laughs> snatching you up you know what yeah I mean? and 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 some of, and and I don't mind it you know what I mean yeah. it is it is kind of one of those things where I get it it's yeah. it's more you need more than the handshake like they a handshake would have done just great for me <laughs> but they need more than a handshake to express yeah. their condolences right yeah right so I get it but there's this one dude man <laughs> who was kissing people on the cheek uh-oh. Willie Franklin showed up. <laughs> yeah. and so, and and it was all and and he's shorter than I am. Yeah, but dude, the logistics of a hug, man, <laughs> is like there's some things to be thought about. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. dudes. You know, women, yeah. man. I'm shorter than all women. You know what I mean? You're taller than all women. I mean, I'm taller than all. Yeah, yeah, sorry, all women are shorter than I am. I'm, I'm taller than all women. So I kind of have that one down. Yeah, you know what I mean? I can bend down. They put it around the neck. I kind of whatever. Yeah. But dudes want to cross it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you got one yeah. arm up top, one arm underneath. Yeah. A little short dude hanging off of you. Huh? So, yeah. So I'm doing that with a dude, but he's a portly guy. Yeah. Right? So it's it's like that. But he wants uh, to kiss me on the cheek. Yeah. he kissed my father-in-law on the cheek. Yeah. And all that. But he wants to kiss me on the cheek, but he's nuzzling in my <laughs> neck. Right? <laughs> And so it felt like he was trying to kiss you I'm, on the neck. Oh, I, no, no. Check it. Did he's he nibble trying, on your ear at any point? <laughs> he's trying to get to my cheek, but yeah. I'm not having any of it. Like, so I'm, you keep stretching I'm away. Trying to, I'm trying to end this hug, and he's trying to bring me in. But as he keeps trying, he's nuzzling in my neck. I thought the guy was going to give me a hickey. Right? <laughs> I was about to ask if you had a hickey. So like, so finally he just gave up. Uh, That's the most awkward one. The rest of them were just kind of like, you know, oh, we're going to hug. Okay. You should have just reached you know? over and kissed that man. 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 No, no, no. He just no. wanted to show you he loves you, anyway, man. Anyway, but like I said, it's just, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just, it, it's a, it's tough. Yeah. You know, like I said, when you have to, to plan a, a funeral when you have to go to the funeral home and talk to the people when you have to oh yeah you know funeral homes that i don't want to talk badly about the 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 guy that helped us with our funeral mm-hmm. um we didn't have the funeral home do anything mm-hmm. all we all we had was him cremate yeah do the cremation my mom talked to a few people um our buddy cody and and courtney um down there in austin their their husband and wife uh, did a great job of like organizing everything yeah. uh, for us. Mom did a great job of organizing how the the funeral would go. We didn't have any anyone from the funeral home with the at the memorial service helping it, you yeah, know, and all that. So, um, but you know when you're in there and having to like, I mean, I didn't feel bad. It was kind of awkward though when he tells us like, oh, this urn because my dad wanted to be cremated. Yeah. Uh, this urn right here is six hundred dollars. And I'm like, well, this urn right here is like one twenty on Amazon. <laughs> you get him a chock full of nuts can. <laughs> no, man, it's just they like the thing is is we're going through it and I'm like, I'm looking at the urns. Because yeah. I got there first before everyone. And you're like, What's the markup on an urn? So I'm looking at these things and so I just <clears throat> I just Google it, mm-hmm. you know, whatever on Amazon. Dude. Those funeral homes take advantage of people in a very vulnerable state who'll make a who'll just make a decision to make a decision yeah and, yeah. and, and well, I mean, it's the same with weddings too yeah yeah and y'all were talking about that last week wedding yeah. chapels dude forget that yeah funeral homes and storage units are hands down the most lucrative businesses ever <laughs> you're gonna throw your money into something <laughs> throw it into a funeral home or a or a storage unit yeah 
because they produce they they pay themselves off and start producing profit right. faster than anything i've had to attend a lot of funerals lately it's not been a good thing but uh i gotta ask you did they have a bunch of pictures of the family that played throughout the whole thing on a big projection screen because that's a big deal no see every funeral i go to in broken bow that's the thing is there's two screens behind the behind the casket and on it there's just a slideshow in fact at some point they play music and everybody just watches the slideshow but then the slideshow continues well at my grandpa's funeral we're all sitting there all the cousins and all of us are together and family uncles aunts everybody and they go through the slideshow and everybody gives a hard chuckle at one photo and it's because my cousin mark showed up to christmas in a white track suit <laughs> and, see, you and that, that was picture, and that you? was the we and that was the christmas that enough people showed up that grandma got a family photo so it's our whole family and everybody just looks normal as heck for that time period and Except then, you, the real then you, shady on here. you got eminem over there in a white track suit <laughs> Yeah. And it was, everybody tried not to laugh, but you heard the, you know, like yeah. that go on everywhere. That, but that's and I was good. sitting next to his daughter, and I looked at her, and I said, you're going to have to be there for your dad. He's going to be real embarrassed. <laughs> He's real sensitive, and you're going to need to be there for him. <laughs> and that's, that's the thing, man, is, is you know, uh, the guys who conducted the funeral, yeah, you know, his name Ken and, and a guy named BJ, perfect amount of levity in it yes yeah. you know mixed with seriousness and all that did a great job like i said memorial was was great but like i said it's just uh it's one of those things where you you know when you're left alone with your head a little bit you just kind of yeah you get a new outlook on yep. things and, and 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 you know you can either make it positive or negative you ever had you to know? speak at a funeral yes i have too uh the only one i've done is uh my aunt when she passed away now I'll say for the most most of the funerals that I've gone to, other than a few friends and mm-hmm. stuff like that that were younger, um, but as far as family, most of the ones I'd gone to, you know, they were older and and all. You know, my aunt was you know one of the first ones that was like, I thought I had way more time with her. You know, yeah. I really did, and uh, so it was a tough one. But they asked me, they're like, would you say a few words? And I was like, man. Like I don't know, man. I try to See, I try a- to act like I'm not the emotional one, but y'all know I'm the one over there like. Crying like a like a well, little baby. That's the thing. You know? I'm a firm believer. First time I ever saw my dad cry, yeah, was at my grandma's funeral. Yeah, and he, it technically is my great grandma, but she raised him. Yeah, her and my her and my grandpa raised him, so he considered my parents and all yeah. that. So anyway, I didn't I didn't know my real grandparents. I didn't care to, but anyway, uh, that's the first time I ever saw him cry. Yeah, and I I kind of remember thinking to myself like, why why would you make because he had to do the funeral. Yeah. My grandma wanted him to do the funeral. Yeah. And it's like, and, and not, not disrespecting my grandma, but why would you put someone in that situation? I've yeah. led a prayer in two funerals. One, just a friend. Yeah. You know, whatever. And the other one uh, was my granddad. Yeah. And the one at the friend was easy. I mean, mm-hmm. I, that's not, I, I don't have issues getting up in front of people and talking. So that wasn't a big deal. But the one with my granddad was, was pretty tough. Yeah, because I mean, I'm I'm investing, you know, invested in it. You yeah, know, and it's my yeah. Granddad. Yeah. And so it's hard to keep it together. My mom asked me if I want to do something of his, and I'm like, I don't think I can. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just one of those things. I'll do it if you want me to, 
and yeah. I'll, I'll I'll force myself to do it. But fortunately, she didn't you know ask me to do anything because I think getting up in that situation and having to do that when I'm that emotionally invested mm-hmm. in the person who died, yeah, just just leaves it. It was, yeah, it was it was hard with my aunt and. uh but I will say I was surprised that I was able to actually keep it together because I was focused, I think, on yeah. what I was saying. And that's a possibility. Yeah. And um, also because I had I had spent a week trying to write something. So I just, like typical, anytime Dude, you're going to speak on Tell me something. you went like, I had something running down, but. No. <laughs> I'm just going to shoot. From, just throw it that, behind you. No. <laughs> like I'm just going to shoot from the that, de- that decision happened way earlier because I kept trying to write something down and I couldn't. So I just kept like. Yeah. I just kept kind of like digging more you know into things that maybe i didn't know or whatever else and you know like i found her old bible and and things that she had underlined and written in it and and stuff like that and uh just i started listening to what everybody else was saying about her and uh i was like you know what man you know it's like i i know what the bible says and i know her i'm just gonna get up there and i'm just gonna talk and that's what i did i i found out that i couldn't prepare anything and uh you know it went pretty good i hope uh but uh but you know it it was definitely it was something it was it was different i didn't expect to be able to do it because my great granny passed away when i was uh 16 she was 96 uh i was 16 and uh after that funeral pretty much all of my cousins and my brother included was like i'm never sitting near you at a funeral ever again cuz i just fell apart and i yeah. didn't expect to i was like really trying to like keep it together but for some reason, it just overcame and man, I fell apart. So, you know, none of them will even get near me at a funeral. I've been a lot better ever since, and it hasn't been that bad. But uh, I was kind of worried. I was like, man, what if that happens again? You know, because, you know, it wasn't like I was in control. You know, it wasn't yeah. like I chose well, to start crying like a well, baby. that's what I'm saying. I had a lot of people <laughs> tell me, like, hey, it's okay to cry, man. I'm like, like shut up, man. Know, I'm trying not to. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I will. Quit telling me that. I just don't need you to, like, <laughs> yeah. But I understand Jesus. Jesus cried as well. Yeah. Like I'm not. I'm not embarrassed by it. Yeah. You know what I mean. But, I'm just. But I, I am trying not to. Well, it's not even. I wasn't trying not to. It's just. <laughs> I mean, he, a funny story. My oldest nephew. He's a trash talker, man. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, there'd probably be a lot of people talking. He goes, I'm, uh, he goes, I'm sorry. He said, uh, he goes, yeah, there'd probably be a lot of people crying. He goes. I'm not gonna cry though. Probably won't be me though. Like he's all trying to act all tough. Yeah. And I and I told him I said, I said, one, it's all right if you cry. B, it's okay if you don't cry. I don't care. But I'm telling you right now, the more you try not to cry, <laughs> the, the more gonna, likely it is it's gonna it's happen. It's gonna come out violent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hate it. Every, every, every just an ugly cry. Yeah. Every so, fun, funeral I've been to, probably in the last six years, I wasn't a I wasn't a big crier until like uh, I don't know, maybe 2012, <laughs> and then something just broke. <laughs> I don't know if it's like kids or what, but it's like yeah. I remember kids uh, make you more emotional. Yeah, yeah, and I can't. And remember, you're extremely beta, and, so and I can't remember. Get out And it's a millennial thing. It's a millennial thing. I shoot guns and fight turds, man. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, and cry and cry like a man, like a man. <laughs> like cries. I do, I have an alpha cry. No, but I know what you're talking about. When you, when you try and fight it, and you get that weird, like quivery lip. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> Dude, I like, felt bad for my son. You could, yeah. he, he was, he, he went basically the whole funeral without it. Now yeah. you could tell he was sad, and you could yeah. tell. But at the very end, the very end, I lost it. There's a, there's a song that they sang at the end of the funeral. 
Yeah. The the last song that they sang in the funeral. And uh that was the song that comforted my dad after he had his surgery in July. Oh, you know, okay. So he, had a lot of meaning then. Well, here's the thing. <clears throat> so the nurse is like, maybe we play a song that comforts him. So that's the song my mom played for him. The doc, the doc, the docs and nurses were great. I mean, those are special people. Yeah. Uh, it just takes a lot for to be that kind of person. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so the doc was like, my sister asked him, "Can he hear us?" Because this was this was when he was simply on life support. Uh, we made the presi- the decision to pull him off, so we were just kind of getting everything done before we officially pulled him off the thing. So my sister asked him, like, hey. And one of the things we did was each of us went in by ourselves and said whatever we wanted to say to him. Yeah. Kind of made our peace with him. And uh, my sister asked him, uh, can he hear us? And he said, best thing i tell you man is just to talk to him like he can he goes i don't know if he can or not yeah but i know you'd have more regret not saying anything because you thought he couldn't and Mm -hmm. he actually could versus if you said everything you wanted to say and he couldn't hear you he also just talk to him like you can yeah so anyway we did my mom put that song that that is is his favorite song Uh, it's called lamb of god anyway put it next to his ear and this is i think after uh after we'd taken him off life support so you were just sitting there watching the yeah around him watching the screen uh go down i mean yeah. watching the screen watch his blood pressure and pulse yeah. and all that eventually go so just basically watch him die and that song's playing and so that's the image i have every time that song comes on yeah you know what i mean or I hear that song. That's the image I have. It's so, going to be tough because you're going to hear that song a lot. I know. And so heard it Wednesday night. Yeah. Like right yeah. off the bat. I'm like. Carly told me. I'm like, bro. Yeah. Carly said there was a text that was sent. Like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. Um, but but the point being is that they sang it at his funeral and I lost it. Yeah. And my poor son lost it. Yeah. You he saw I mean? daddy. <laughs> yeah. And my daughter, my daughter didn't like it, but I lost it. He lost it. You know, my wife's been crying the entire time. The only one oblivious to anything is my three-year-old who's just like... I don't even know what's going on. But anyway, here's the funniest part. All that happens, right? I get my composure. I look over, and the nephew who said he probably wasn't going to cry is crying harder (laughs) and uglier than everybody. Did you tell him I told you so? Dude, check it. We all... We all exit stage right. Yeah. They, they did. The, the part of the funeral was, was just, hey, you know, we're going to dismiss the family, let the family go into another room to gain their composure before they come out and mingle with everyone. Dude, he walks in the room, man, and the whole front of his shirt is drenched. <laughs> I mean, just he just it looks like he's been sweating. <laughs> there was that many tears on him. And, I'm, and you know, and then, like I said, there's nothing like, wrong with it. You need some water, it. bud? There's nothing wrong with it. It's I dehydrated. Just, it's just funny at the beginning. It's just like it must be overhydrated. Yeah. Don't 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 call your shot if you're not gonna make it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, I would never go to a funeral and be like, man. I'm that's not how he crying. is. And yeah. that's the thing. He always talks straight. You know, he he would he the funniest part is basketball. Loves basketball. Mm-hmm. It was was he he got into the your mom uh, comebacks. Kept saying it to my kids, and my wife kept hearing it. So finally, she's like, let's just go play one-on-one. <laughs> and the deal is, 
if I beat you, you quit saying your mom to everything. If you win, then you can say it all you want. Yeah. My wife waxes it. <laughs> right? <laughs> and she's not that good. No. But, but again, it's an adult versus a kid. She beats yeah. him. Well, she's athletic. I yeah, mean, yeah. No, you're it, right. It, but, it, but anyway, point being is, is, is he was sitting there to this past week while we're sitting there, and I'm like, you know, he's just like, yeah, I'd probably be, I, I'd probably be the best one. And, you know, talking about my daughter playing math, I'd probably be the best one on her team. Yeah. I'm like, I think if she were on your team, she'd be one of the best ones. And uh, that's even with you on it. <laughs> and she, he goes, whatever, I could probably beat her one-on-one. And I'm like, you know who you can't beat one-on-one? Your aunt. <laughs> <laughs> and that poor dude, man, just the biggest it's, trash talker just goes. <laughs> like, this- this yeah. kid seems like he could be you, like reincarnate. He is. <laughs> we, watched, I mean, uh, yeah. we, we watched Gemma play. She's good. Yeah. yeah. No, Jim. Well, that's good. all I'm saying is like, he's just hilarious, man. Yeah. He's just a huge trash talker. Like, <laughs> anyway. My, my niece is that way with me. So, you know, just ever since she was little, um, my brother would kind of coach her on what to say to, you know, Uncle G. And yeah. uh, anyway, so she does a lot of trash talk. We'll and see. Now we don't see each other hardly as often, but... When I see her, I think that's about all we do is kind of talk trash. Talk trash. So my yeah. brother's a huge trash talker. Yeah. And my brother's a big trash talker to the point where, like, <clears throat> he's made old men mad <laughs> because he's just taking it way too far. He don't far. know when to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Just goes over, just sees the line, jumps over it. Habitual line, Stepper. Keeps sprinting, man. <laughs> like, there's no, and my nephew's like that, too. Yeah. The issue is, is my nephew's not as quick and witty right now as my brother is. He will be. He will. But now he's not. And so. He's going against adults, though, man. That's well, good that's training. What I'm saying, he's man. probably smoking them kids oh, in school. Oh, yeah. He's going to be good. <laughs> he's going to be good. But like I said, it's just funny. Yeah. It's just funny. Nah, it's good, man. That's but like good. I said, have you, have you heard the, the phrase uh, tox, toxic masculinity? Oh, yeah. What is that? Ask Gillette. You know what? It, you know what? It, you know what it's formed around <laughs> the man card. The man card. Like if you look it up in, uh, uh, like the Urban Dictionary, Talk essentially it, toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity. Okay. And and essentially, you look it up in the Urban Dictionary, whatever. It's a, yeah. It's a. So this is something gonna, that's not you know, been around long. It's not. It's like a, a feminist catchphrase, is what yeah. it is. Now there's no such now there's no thing such thing as toxic femininity. I mean they say there is, but you go Google both of them. Many articles on on the toxic masculinity. Nothing on the on the toxic femininity. Yeah. But anyway, a lot of it stems around the whole man card thing. Like, hey, I'm going to take a man card. Do you lose your man card? Oh yeah, that's the old it, joke. Yeah, yeah, that's what it stems around. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anyway, I say all that because we're talking about crying and all that. It's okay to cry. Yeah. Right? There's nothing wrong with it. It's not okay to not make fun of your friends if you catch them crying, though. Right. Yeah. I agree 100%. I think the reason for crying is what needs to be addressed. Yeah. I don't even, I won't even say someone who cries often. Yeah. I'm just going to say, why are you crying? Like, yeah. If you're crying at your dad's funeral, great. If you're crying because your kids, you know, do something special or whatever, great. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you're crying at the end of the notebook... You're losing a man card. Yeah. The Notebook is actually the most trash movie ever made, in my opinion, and I could rail on it for hours if but you I'm guys But I'm just saying, like but to. the point being, no, I, we don't have to, but the point being is is, is the reasoning behind crying. Yeah. Because that's one thing that it, that it kind of mentioned was, you know, making fun of people who cry. Yeah. The reason I bring it up is, man, Terry Crews has turned into a chump, man. Yeah, he's a D-bag. Like, I used to think the guy was just a nice, sweet dude. 
Yeah. But like I, the reason I, I'm like, what is toxic masculinity? Because he's like, the floor is toxic masculinity. And he's jumping. You know what I mean? And, he, you know, I'm just like, dude, he's like, he's well, so- he was like one of the first dudes to jump on the Me Too movement. Like a gay dude touched his butt or something during a yeah, uh, got, an yeah, audition got, or something he, like that, no, or is he a, was it was a, a model thing, right? No, it was a post. Uh, it was like a post awards party or something yeah. like that, and a guy a guy groped him. Yeah, and so he jumped on the Me Too movement, which I'm all for. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, man. I mean, there you look at it. There are probably dudes who are victimized too. Probably don't hear about them because of the whole masculinity thing. Yeah, because right. they normally beat the crap out of whoever does it. <laughs> right. But the point being is, is like that dude's just taking a hard left at like, you think maybe he's doing it because he's getting some recognition and he maybe is like kind of riding the train. Of, well, he's a C-list actor at best, man. I don't know much about Terry Crews or what y'all are talking about. So I don't know. I I'm having to kind of guess and just throw darts at the well, wall here. He's always he's he's a he's very typecast. He's always the same. Well, no, character. I know who I mean, he is as far as his. He's always going to be flexes the big, his chest. That's yeah, his, he's going to be he's the famous, big right? bodybuilder guy yeah. that flexes his chest. He, he was on Everybody Hates dude. Chris, and I heard that's yeah. a good show. He's the dad. Yeah, he's the dad. He okay. was in the Expendables. He yeah. got he walked around with a. Uh, I didn't I didn't watch the Expendables or Expendables Two or whatever other movies. Oh, you're they missing made. out, man. Dude, don't look at me like that. I love Stallone as much as you do, but I quit watching his movies after like Demolition Man. So sorry. Oh, you need to watch Rambo. So the fourth one. Have you seen the fourth Rambo? I've seen it. Oh, I've seen Rocky Balboa. You gonna go watch Creed. the fifth Rambo? Probably. Yeah, I'll hang with Rambo and Rocky. But the Expendables is just that. No, I watched the first is, Expendables you, and it was You watch dumb. the Expendables to laugh because it's that bad. Yeah, yeah. but he he embraces like, hey, we're gonna throw. Every possible action star in this no, thing. The, be- I, the best I, line, I think, I get it's what he, I get it. Yeah. The best one is when Chuck Norris comes out of nowhere. No, like, see, I think the best line is when Jason Statham goes into the chapel and like murders all these people throwing knives, and he goes, "I now pronounce you man and knife." I will say, is that the movie where? No, or is it Ocean's Eleven or something like that, where the guy keeps saying he deserves more money because he's little, so it's twice as hard. Yeah, it's the little, uh, the little contortionist dude. Yeah, yeah okay. that's, that's, that's Ocean's, Ocean's Eleven. No, 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 that is that's. Well, I think there's something similar in that movie, but it's Jet Li also. Jet Li and Expendables, yeah, yeah, yeah something yeah, yeah. like that's that. the first yeah. one I think. Yeah, because I'm little. He's yeah. like, I deserve more money. Isn't Dolph Lundgren's characters are good? Yeah. Anyway, point being is, is like, it's one thing to be sensitive. It's another thing to go all Terry Crews on everybody. Yeah. Like to the point where you're like all men are, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, now I will say. Like I question the motive of, of men who do that. Yeah. I will say uh, a friend of mine, she she had posted something about how, um, you know, like men who kind of who step up and do what what they're supposed to do and what, you know, what they should do. And, you know, she was calling that a real man. And uh, this this person started, you know kind of comment and you know kind of like the yes that's true but you know basically takes like look this is just a post this is how i feel this is something i agree with something i'm putting out there but somebody had to get their view on it and put their but you know and said you know if they choose to be a man that way there's other ways and all stuff and and decided to kind of take it you know a different approach to you know and kind of take over the post like you need i need to correct you because you're not saying it right you know kind of like doing which was rude it was just rude. It, it, it was unnecessary, well, saying, and it man. was rude. But anyways, it turned into this argument. And I usually don't get into those, but this particular friend of mine, um, I really hold her in pretty high regard, uh, respect her quite a bit, and 
kind of at the end, um, she said, you know what? Uh, you know, I just, I got no use for, you know, the conversation or the argument or whatever. I'm letting go. And the person made the comment that a person who posts something online needs to be wary of the public. That's the lesson that was learned today. And I was like, what? Be wary of the public. Be, I was like, who says be wary? Yeah, be wary of the public. <laughs> and I, be wary. I was like, you know, that expresses the negative attitude of everything that's transpired now. This person, all they did was commented on something. You didn't agree with it, but instead of just letting it lie and not worrying about it, because it wasn't anything bad said, you just have a different opinion. You felt necessary to post your opinion on their page. And then when they disagreed with you more and then told you they, it wasn't worth arguing, then you tell them they should be wary of the public and they shouldn't say things publicly if they don't want the public to attack them. And I'm like, no, the public should not attack anyone ever. Get off me. Uh, you know, let me be me. I'll let you be you. And yeah, I, if you post an opinion, you should be you should be prepared to receive opinions. But that back. you shouldn't have to. No, you well, should. No, you should. I, th- I think he, I if think not, then stay stay out. I of would the- agree with that, but it's also an opinion. Yeah. So uh, unless she's unless she she wasn't posting a big opinion. All she did was commented on well, someone my- did something. She goes, she goes, yeah. She's like, uh, you know, I give credit, you know, to the real men out there who are stepping up and doing the right thing. And you know right. it's like just a good thing. No, 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 no. I agree. Just and, comment. It's and, passive. And, and someone's someone's opinion is going to be someone's opinion, and you can argue with your opinion with it all you want. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I just think no, it's but, rude, and I think the attitude showed that the attitude was negative, and the intentions were negative. And it's like if all you're going to do is put a bunch of negativity out there, then you need to back no, off. I agree. My opinion. I did agree. she re- did she respond to him multiple times? Like, was it like an ongoing thing? Well, her response uh, was that, uh, look, I know that we disagree. I know where you stand. You know where I stand, and we disagree on this. And then, you know, like, I'm just not going to have this argument. And then, you know, that person kept pushing it. Anyways, I normally don't troll or say anything, but the whole be wary of the public kind of rubbed me raw. So I was like, yeah, be wary of the public because the public is waiting to pounce on you like a roaring lion. No, wait, that's the devil. Because that's how I feel about it. The public is just out there being devilish and evil, trying to jump on hey, people about every little thing they say. Trolling feels good, doesn't it? No, it didn't feel good. Okay. I ended up apologizing for oh, it right after that. Oh, so, so beta, That's man. so beta. You can call me beta if you want. I think the most alpha thing about me is when y'all call me beta, I could care less. Hey, for the yeah. record, I've well, never lost what? an online argument. You just you just lost the man cards, but I do. You can have it. I I enjoy debating on Facebook. Your opinion of me doesn't change how I feel about myself. (laughs) See, that's that's the good thing about being Jeff Tucker. Well, (laughs) here's what I'm saying: trolling is fantastic. Yeah, I love it. I enjoy it thoroughly. Yeah, trolling Um, is fun. It 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 is pretty fun. I do it more in jest than anything. I do it more just to get a rise out of people. I don't do it to people stating their opinion. But it's like Corey was saying about the whole virtue signaling. When you go on someone else's Facebook, well, that's all but that's what she was doing. Not really. She was commenting on. Thankfully, there's did. just a couple men out of the millions in the United States that no, are stepping no. up and doing the right that is, thing. That is not yeah, what she said or how she said it. it. She, she's unfair. giving her opinion. She's doing it in a passive aggressive manner. Yeah, but the way didn't. you stated it, that's what the way. But it you sounds. don't. You don't. But what I'm saying is, you that, don't know what she said. So that, yeah. that's one of those things where you don't have all the context. Right. So we should yeah. probably like me being be a little more careful with that. Maybe I should be wary. Hey, no, here's the thing. Any female that gets on Facebook and is like, oh, there's only a few good men in the world. Get lost. Get out of here. 
No, she didn't say it like there was only a few good names. I'm not saying that about her. I'm just saying that in general. No, I agree. Because you brought up toxic masculinity. But that's what Terry Crews is doing. Right. That's what Terry Crews is doing. Toxic masculinity. who laughs at a man crying. That's a myth, man. That's a big leftist myth. Get out of here. Their whole thing is teach your young children not to rape because, you know, rape culture, which is also false statistically. You know, they believe in that. They believe in, you know, if you walk down the street, you're going to get cat called a million times. Like, just all this stuff is fake. Man. Yeah, I don't like the it's idea all that, that all men just have this rapist mentality and, and that we need to get away from that. It's like, no, there the are rapists issue. out there, and those people are rapists, and the people who aren't rapists are not rapists. And so that's the issue. Don't, and, and, and don't paint us all is. with the same brush. Exactly, because, like, and that's the thing is, like, is, is Harvey Weinstein's a rapist. Yes. So all white males are rapists. No. It's how they paint it, right? Yet, you look at someone like... I don't know this Terry Crews, mm-hmm. right? Who's like that dude's a wussy femme Nazi, yeah, right? And I'm gonna paint all women like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. A, I don't know a famous femme Nazi. You know Rosie O'Donnell, Leah Dunham, whoever, Leah Dunham, right? So all women are like that. Well, yeah. no, now we're wrong. You yeah. see, see what I'm saying? It's one of those things where it's like the the smaller my, uh, minority of men. Yeah. How, we we paint people with the the most minuscule examples of that of the population. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, but that goes back to I think it goes back to what I was saying. And my deal is I don't like the whole culture of just because you have an opinion or just because someone else states their opinion, even if they state it in, you know, no kind of aggressive manner at all, which uh, you know, Opinions are opinions. Yeah, man. it's just what, however you do it. But anyway, so what I'm getting at is everybody's different. And okay. my group of friends that that span, you know, across the state of Oklahoma and from college and whatever else, none of them are very similar. Like you two guys would fit in with a bunch of my friends, and there's a bunch of my friends you two guys would not fit in with at all. I'm sure it's the same way with me. I probably don't fit in with all of your friends. There'd be some I'd get along with. There'd be some that I wouldn't fit in with as well. I don't have any friends. So, but what I'm getting at is like. Dude, all my I know y'all are, are room, I know man. y'all are gonna <laughs> I know y'all are offensive to some of my friends. I know some of my friends would offend you guys, but the deal well, is is, is like difference. if you don't worry about the fact that everybody's a little bit different, it's not as big but, a deal. And that's the here's the difference. I you know, everyone gets mad. We'll, we'll use LeBron James, for example, because he gets into politics. Everyone gets mad at him for styling his politics, right? Yeah. I don't care if he does or not. Yeah. Because I have the choice whether to listen to him or not. Yeah. And that's how it comes to opinions. When it when it comes to opinions, it's like I have the choice to either read this post or not read it. Yeah. You know? And that's all there is to it. Well, people don't know how to let it go. Exactly. Let that's it go. That's my point, man. Just let it go. Like, you're not going to, like, I guarantee you. The only time you need to not let it no. go is when you see that something's building and it's negative and it's pushing and it's going to push that negativity into your world where you don't want it. That's right. when you have to push back. But most of this stuff's not that way. Most of it's opinions. And, and that's what I'm saying is, like, is... Is you is is just dude? You gotta have more time. Get a hobby. I if got a all, lot of opinions. If all, yeah, and I'm fond of all of them. That's why we started this podcast, man. Yeah. And if you want to hear them, yeah. listen. If you yeah. don't, turn it off. No, don't turn it off. Hit the like button and then yeah. turn it off. <laughs> Smash that like button. <laughs> no, hit the other. Hit actually, the bad one. Too. I actually told Brittany when she said because uh, she also mentioned she said should we send the you know the walkers a card or something like that and I was like Josh would probably preferred if you just hit that like button. <laughs> <laughs> But that's what I'm saying, man. I appreciate the text. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's, 
I just I think people's opinions we get too, people just get too triggered over yeah you know what I mean yeah. everything the Browns are terrible yeah that's you know a what fact I mean? you know I'm still friends with Chris McKnight <laughs> you know what I mean hey Tom, Tom Brady's not as impressive as Bill Belichick but I'll still hang out with you <laughs> exactly I mean that's that's the point you have arguments we argue and then we move on. <laughs> Dude, it's the people that it's like, dude, you can't. Like, hey, you ever disagreed with this guy? He'll run you off. <laughs> all the time, man. Yeah, I've never lost an argument, in my opinion. <laughs> that's, and that's the point. And I'll tell you this. Uh, no one, no one's Facebook posts, no one's Twitter rants, no one's bumper stickers, nothing has ever changed my opinion. Hey, you know what qualifies someone to be friends with me? They got to be slightly abrasive and an acquired taste. All right. But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but you, you've never changed my opinion. And I guarantee that lady who said don't be weary or be weary of the public didn't change anything. It wasn't a lady. It was a dude. Well, that. Oh. Really? <laughs> a dude said that? It was a guy doing all this yeah. the whole time. Here's me taking his man card. I'll be a toxic male and <laughs> take his man card. Let's take away that man card, sir. Go uh, watch the notebook. Yeah. Figure, but that's what I'm saying is like he didn't change anyone's opinion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's well, the bottom line. Now, what made you bring this up? You said something about Gillette. Was that because Gillette had that commercial where um, they uh, yeah they were like no, talking co- about toxic masculinity, well, but I, it was just because they wanted men to shave no, their beards? I saw it. I saw it on Terry Crews. Terry Crews posted a picture of him oh. jumping. But the Gillette deal was just so people would buy razors and shave their beards, right? Yeah, that's and that's which the thing. which and you know honestly, it's probably not a bad deal because the type of guys who are going to watch that commercial and go shave their beards, a lot of them have beards right now because it got trendy. And they're like, we'll just start a new trend because these are the people that flip-flop on every trend that hit comes through, the hipsters, you know? I don't yeah. think we're talking about the same commercial. Wasn't it just a shave-your-beard commercial? No, no, mm. no. It was like attack. It was like attacking the way men are raising their children, the way men Oh, so men it wasn't act. about shaving? No, it wasn't about shaving at all. Well, I didn't watch the commercial. It says, are we really, you know, their slogan used to be, the best a man can get. Yeah. And so the whole thing was, is this really the best that men can get? But I mean, but what was their purpose for that commercial? Do they really want to get it out there? No, no, no. Here's the thing. They're trying to sell people shaving cream and razors. There was an article that that came out recently that was talking about the pink tax, how all companies that sell both male and feminine products charge like 20-something percent more for anything that they make that's pink for women. So Hmm. a Gillette razor... For a man, is say it's eleven dollars. Well, it's fifteen dollars for a female to go buy what? those those pink ones, you know. Huh. So women have gone out and just started buying the men's products because they got smart and decided, oh, these are exactly the same. So I guarantee you, it's to try and get just the women's the women back to buy their products. Hey, is all it is. It's, yeah. it's a stupid ad campaign. It's a stupid ad campaign. You know I don't who, know if it works. You know who crushed him? Barbasol. <laughs> Have you seen the Barbasol commercial? I don't uh, care. I'm not using Barbasol. It's a, it's a guy in World War II talking about, yeah, whenever you were doing this, this, and this, I was fighting for your freedom. So listen up, hashtag. And like he just, <laughs> it's this guy talking trash, and like right in the middle of the well, conversation, a grenade comes over this hill, and he just picks it up and tosses I've, it back. I've used Barbasol, and you might as well be using Cool right. Whip, man. Right, Bar- Barbasol is awesome, man. Here's, Barbasol, here's, what right? I'm gonna, here's what I'm going to say on the razor issue. I haven't used Gillette in many a year because yeah. my good friend Ian introduced me to safety razors, maggardrazors.com, yeah. uh, blue Israelis, um, the like wet shave, razors, the, wet shave so, the beaver haired brushes. I mean, <laughs> it's badger, badger hair Jeez. brushes. The, uh, what do they call it? The witch hazel aftershaves. Oh man. You know what I mean? Like, One man card for everything dude, you just and, said. And your fight no. club soap, right? That's yeah. what I'm saying, man. Like I 
drop that. Soap. I now shaving has now gone from a necessity <laughs> to, to a hobby. To yeah, I mean it, it really is just fifteen minutes to myself to. It's all right. I went through that phase. I think we got to take Josh's man card away now. Oh. I went through that phase, but my job requires me to shave, and then there's sometimes where it's like, oh man, I forgot to shave. I don't have time for the safety razor. You know what event. I found? Razor works best for me because I've got this crazy beard that's like I got like thick, coarse hair that if yeah. I shave it. If I use one of these Mach 3, Mach 4, whatever, like oh, multiple blades, I will get so many ingrown hairs and yeah. bumps and everything else. And my buddy, uh, well, Ian was telling us about it. But then also my buddy Brett was like, man, he goes, you know, if you get bumps like I do, he's like, just use one of them old man razors. And then Ian started talking about it. So uh, the safety razors. Yeah, you know, because yeah. you've got the double edge razor, which it's yeah. sharp on both sides. Well, you know, like the just the normal, just little rectangular razor that you would stick in like a box blade or. Uh, yeah. Or, you know, like you'd scrape your windshield off with. Yeah. Well, you can actually, they made razors for that. Gillette made them. And uh, the gym, Micromatic. I found one of those at a thrift store. And I've just been buying just cheap, like, <laughs> razors like that. One swipe and I'm, you know. Nice. Now, it leaves stubble, like, um, just above the skin. So, you know, if you rub down, it's smooth. But if you rub up, it's coarse. But I don't get bumps anymore, man. So I use that bad boy. I'm going to get a straight razor. That's the way to roll. Yeah. No, that's my next one. I don't, I don't want to. You got to not cut your throat. I don't want to go cheap on it though. Yeah. And, and a good one's probably you're looking minimum one eighty. Yeah, because if you get it sharpened, it, it drives the price way up. Yeah. You can buy one unsharpened, but then you got to like. You have to sharpen it. Yeah, man. I mean, so I ain't that guy. Yeah. So you're looking at one eighty for a razor. Yeah. At minimum. But I no, mean, it's there's some with like ivory handles and all that that get into the two three hundred range that that probably it's more my taste if you want to be a real man just learn <laughs> yeah. how to learn how to sh- how to sharpen just what, shave what's a ha- your word bougie? get a hatchet <laughs> just get a hatchet sharpen that's that sucker start one. shaving with a hatchet I'm gonna, and I'm or like a, with a buoy knife be I've rambo gotten, knife. i've gotten good with i've gotten good with the safety razor i'm gonna do the straight edge next and yeah. but the goal is to is to do a hatchet <laughs> a hatchet or wow. just to just be in the bathroom <laughs> Speaking Kylie, of, <laughs> yeah, that's very possible. Speaking of, uh, speaking of hatchets, we need to cut this one off. All right, all right, man. That's it. Top of the dude chain, episode sixty-two. We love you guys. Do all the liking, and uh, tell those special people in your life what you feel. We're out. I gotta take this pretty man.